And once again, greetings and welcome to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clough alongside the DU Pioneers having completed a four-game 2022-2023 sweep of rival North Dakota, 5-3 and 5-2 over this past weekend. Uh, we'll also a little bit later on today be uh, looking ahead to uh, the final two games of this four-game homestand this weekend against Minnesota Duluth. But uh, first, let's, uh, uh, from your standpoint, uh, perhaps, uh, even as you uh, basically look ahead, uh, look back to uh, Friday night, because it's the first time in 13 years you've swept North Dakota in a season series, four games to none quite an achievement. There are other grander objectives I know for this season coach, but that's a pretty good one to put on your belt during the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was, was a heck of an accomplishment by our team and uh, obviously a very challenging um, thing to do. And, um, you know, they're, they're an excellent team and, you know, you it's a big four games in the season. I mean, I, you just, we went back earlier in the week and we plugged in if we had split with them on the two weekends. And I think we'd be down to eight or nine in the pairwise and they'd be up to like 13 or 12. Right. Um, and so two games has that big of a swing. It's, it's amazing how important each game is to the pairwise. I think it goes to show um, how important every game is that you play during the regular season. And um that's why college hockey with the game total, you know, it, it has a playoff type atmosphere um, regardless of when you're playing and who you're playing because of the, like I said, the importance of all of them. So heck of an accomplishment. We did it, you know, in two different ways, um, Friday night with our five on five play and Saturday night, uh, not scoring a five on five goal at all and getting three power play goals and, and two, four on four goals. So it was great to see us win a couple different ways. Absolutely. And that's been one of the themes of your season that you found different ways to win. I think earlier in the year, uh, perhaps you were a little more reliant on uh, the top line, uh, particularly when Rizzo and Mazur and a good part of the time Dornback were involved. And now you're getting production and it certainly didn't stop this weekend from your middle six forwards. But you're right, you found different ways to win. And although the scores were similar, 5-3 Friday night, 5-2 Saturday night, uh, it was a case of uh, two very different ways to win. And of course, the one constant is you have number 30 uh, between the pipes uh, both nights. And I thought that was very noticeable both nights, especially Friday night. You had the much better of the goaltending. Yeah, for sure. And and that's been, um, you know, a couple things to hit on that. That's been an issue for them on the season. They're, they're last in save percentage, um, you know, and so that was, I thought, pretty evident on Friday night uh, when we got outshot, you know, if we don't have Magnus and goal. I mean, it's, you know, who knows what happens if we don't get a good, a solid start out of him that night. And um you know, and then the next night, I thought our team kind of woke up and, and 
took more control of the game and of the series. And um, yeah, we've, we're doing it in different ways. Um, you know, it seemed like earlier in the year, we were talking a lot about one goal games and being in tight hockey games and just looking at our schedule. We haven't, uh, we have not been in a one goal game since uh, the Lindenwood Saturday night game in December, right. every game um, one or loss has been by two or more goals. And I think there's obviously been more, more wins and losses. And um, I think it's a good sign for our team that we talked a lot earlier about being able to put teams away and get stretch our leads out. And we're showing an ability right now. Um, our offensive game has developed to a point where we're able to do that. We've talked a lot about goal scoring on the year and how we want more of it. And we've been working on it and we're, we're six in the country and goals four per game. So it's been a steady kind of growth and building offensively. Um, guys are finding confidence and chemistry with one another. And uh, that's a really good sign for, for things to come as we're, as we kind of talked about, we're barreling toward playoff hockey um, three weeks from now. We'll talk in more detail about the two games in a few minutes, but the one area of growth, that seemed obvious to me, and we talked about it last week, uh, they have uh, one of the best and uh, from a good part of the year, the best power play in the country. And in the two games, you killed 12 of your 14 penalties. I don't think you've had a weekend, have you, this year in which you've had to kill 14 penalties over the course of two games? And yet yeah, probably they were two for eight Friday and 0 for six Saturday night on their power play. Uh, your penalty killing to me got better and better as the weekend progressed. Yeah, it did. Um, I agree with you. And, you know, we give up, uh, you know, two on Friday, those occurred in the first two periods and we had to kill three in the third um, on Friday night. And I thought the, again, when you get scored on, sometimes you can get a little bit into a shell. And I thought we just kept at it, maintained what we wanted to do. Um, after getting the two goals scored on us there in the second period on uh, on Friday night, and then it, it carried over into Saturday. So uh, it was a really good weekend for uh, the penalty kill and the growth and the confidence of that as well. And, of course, on Saturday night, you had the three power play goals. We'll talk more about those. Uh, you had uh, some five-on-three opportunities uh, as well. And I know they like to muck up games uh, because their special teams, both penalty kill and power play, are very good. And they sort of did that uh, both nights, especially Saturday night, with, I believe, 82 penalty minutes called in the game. And Friday night was the one that you described as being ugly. Uh, Saturday night, from a penalty standpoint, uh, did even more damage to the rhythm of the game. And yet, you played through it. and you sort of beat them at their game, which you've done more than once this year. Yeah, I think uh, maybe in your, you're bang on. I mean, it's not like Saturday was this, you know, clean, smooth hockey <laughs> game um, did finish sooner, but um, yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the reasons why it maybe felt smoother for us was our ability um, to not get deterred by um, whatever calls we liked or didn't like, um, you know, it, it we just kind of stuck with it. And I thought our emotional control um, ultimately was a big factor in the game and in how we responded to moments versus how they responded to moments. Um, 
I thought we, we won that battle emotionally. And um, again, I thought it was a, a big impact on the outcome of the hockey game. We'll talk more about those two games in detail. We'll look ahead to Minnesota Duluth and take a look at DU's position in the conference standings. The NCHC, obviously, the Pioneers are in first place. Um, I don't want to jinx anything, but uh, there is a magic number of points out there uh, by which DU over the next six games could clinch the NCHC title once again. Uh, that's all ahead on the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Stay with us. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clough alongside. And uh, Coach, let's dive into the games in uh, more detail. You described uh, just a moment ago Friday night's game as being sort of interminable. Seemed to go on and on forever. It was a national TV game. Uh, I don't know that in all respects it was a great advertisement uh, for college hockey with uh, all the penalties uh, that uh, took place even on Friday night. There were more uh, even on Saturday night, but uh, Friday night you won five to three. And you mentioned a second ago answering their goals. Uh, you answered their first goal in 10 minutes and 18 seconds. You answered their second goal in 16 seconds. And the third goal in less than 14 and a half minutes. You always seem to have a response. But obviously, the key to the game was those uh, two goals you scored, I believe, in 16 seconds uh, in the second period that took a 2-2 game and made it a 4-2 game. And you were never really threatened after that. Oh yeah, and that, that is one of the that was one of the big positives we thought from the Friday night game was our ability to respond, um, you know, to them scoring and um, you know things not maybe necessarily going our way. Uh, you know, I thought we emotionally on the bench things went a little sideways at times, but it 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 ultimately didn't boil over for us too much onto the ice and affect our um, ability to respond to those tough critical moments in the hockey game. Carter Mazur had a big night with two goals and I was somewhat hesitant in asking him after the game about perhaps a bit of a goal scoring slump, a scoring slump that he'd been in because by anybody else's standards, uh, he's been very productive. He certainly has been playing very well, but there's also something, isn't there, even with natural goal scorers, about seeing that puck go in the net once or twice when maybe you've been struggling a little bit to score goals uh, over a period of two or three weeks, as he had. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, everyone likes scoring goals, you know, it, uh, and when you're you get off to such a good start to the to the season and they're going in a lot, you know, sometimes you, you think it's going to continue that way. And um, when it doesn't, it, it can be frustrating and disappointing. And, you know, I think Carter's did a nice job of just, um, you know, not getting too down and just continuing to work through it and stick to his game. And, um, you know, he knew that things would turn around and, and it would start going in again. Um, so it was great for him to have um, the weekend that he did, um, to be able to put, uh, you know, the two in the back of the net on Friday and and have a really nice play where he set up Thompson um, on yes. the power play on Saturday. Well, you got goals, uh, as you mentioned, from Thompson, uh, Rizzo, Barons. Uh, we uh, mentioned five to one 
on even strength goals. Yeah. You have to like that because that's one of your strengths and they aren't a great five on five team. And you certainly were dominant five on five. Yeah, for sure. Um, we talked a lot about that, you know, throughout the week we were, um, gosh, I think we were plus 32 going into the weekend, five on five, they were minus five, uh, five on five going into the weekend. And obviously the number one combined special teams in the country. So trying to get to a five on five game was important and, you know, still, it was a challenge to uh, do that all weekend long, but when the special teams are prepared and execute like they did on Saturday, um, you can win a game that way too. Uh, Corona had 34 saves uh, in that game on Friday night. And of course on Saturday night, uh, you win five to two. And as you mentioned, you won the game on uh, special teams, three for seven on the power play. Uh, you kill off all six of their power plays. And uh, Massimo Rizzo, uh, you mixed up the lines uh, a little bit again uh, this weekend. And as usual, uh, you got great results, uh, regardless of what the combinations seem to be. Your fourth line stays intact, but you can mix those first three lines. And it seems most of the time basically like interchangeable parts. Yeah, it's, it's getting to feel that way for sure. You know, you kind of you know, you have some pairs that, um, that have stuck together, you know, for a little while now and, uh, King and Webster have been together right. for the majority of the year. Uh, generally Rizzo and Mazer have been together, but that was obviously the change we made with bros and Mazer and, um, yeah, Thompson and bros have been together a lot as well, but, um, yeah, I guess just chose to keep the right wingers the same and, uh, switch up bros and Mazer and see if that, um spark something and yeah i mean we we liked it i think that uh it gives us a good balanced and kind of hard to play against um look up front you know do you want to you know do you want to try and stop you know mazer do you want to try and stop rizzo um right. you know pick Dornbach's your boys having a, if Dornbach's having a pretty good year um you know from an offensive standpoint and so splitting those guys up thinks makes us harder uh, to prepare for and match up against and can open up some ice for um, for anybody on a given night. Yeah, and we talk about this a fair amount on this show. Saturday night was remarkable. You won about 64.5%, maybe even a little more than that, 64.6% of your face-offs on Saturday night. And when it's 50, 50, 51, 49, 52, 48. It probably doesn't have a great impact on the game. But with so much special teams play, if you're winning almost 65% of your faceoffs, you're in control of the game. Yeah, if we, I thought that was the – you nailed it. I mean, the, the key was we were excellent on our special teams draws. And, um, you know, we got some big wins on the kill that, you know, led them to – having to go down 200 feet, break the puck out, takes 20 seconds off the clock. Um, and then conversely on the power play, um, guys were, you know, Rizzo King were snapping them back. And when they weren't, we were getting in and over top of pucks and winning the battles to, uh, to start with possession, um, which is again, really important, especially on those five minute majors. When you start having to go back and forth two, three times, um, you know, it can tire you out. And uh, oftentimes we've got to put a third unit together on those five minute majors, but 
with how we were winning draws, we actually were able to just run uh, the two regular units and uh, obviously scoring three goals on those five minute majors yeah. uh, was huge. Well, we'll come back and we'll look at the standings in the NCHC, the national rankings, and obviously look ahead to Minnesota Duluth uh, this weekend, an old rival, but yet another team that uh, is not in the first division where they almost always are. And certainly very much like North Dakota, a desperate hockey team coming into Denver for the games on Friday night and Saturday night. That's coming next from the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clef alongside. We'll be right back. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Clef. And of course, uh, we will look ahead in just a second to the two games this weekend against Minnesota Duluth. But before we do that, um, I know that you haven't clinched yet, but you did get, can I say this without jinxing you too much, a little bit of breathing room with a two-game sweep of North Dakota. Uh, everybody now in your league, all eight teams have played 18 games, and you have an eight-point lead over St. Cloud, Omaha, and Western Michigan with six games to go. I'm guessing if someone had told you at the start of the season, you'd have an eight point lead with everybody having six games remaining in the season, you'd feel pretty good about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, with our league, it, again, it's, it's challenging um, week in and week out. And so, yeah, to, to win our two games at hand uh, this past weekend, while Western and St. Cloud were off, Omaha was obviously playing, uh, Colorado College. Right. Um, when you look at the results and the 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 big picture of the NCHC standings, um, yeah, we're in a we're in a really good place um, currently, and uh, it's nice to have you know our our fate in our own hands. And um, you know we're we're I think the guys responded to that challenge well uh, this weekend, and uh, we have another big challenge in front of us against, uh, like you said, a real desperate uh, mm -hmm. Duluth team whose path to the NCAA tournament as the season goes continues to narrow. And, um, you know, our job is to try and uh, narrow that even further. I know like we did with North Dakota. You, know? <laughs> you, you would never talk about this, but uh, just for our listeners, uh, your magic number is 11 points in six games. If you can get one way or the other, 11 mm -hmm. points for the remainder of the season, nobody can catch you. Uh, yep. Even even if uh, one team happens to run the table, of course, the advantage is that everybody's got to play uh, everybody. And so teams will knock each other off and it'll be shocking if any team, uh, apart from maybe uh, your team, uh, would have a shot at going 6-0. Uh, and oh. But I, I know you you got three at home, three on the road. Uh, from here on out, and we'll take a look at uh, Duluth uh, here a little bit. Uh, I, I was looking back at uh, the achievements over the course of this uh, 21st century so far, and uh, you've got four national championships, six times to the final four. Uh, your career winning percentage as a coach is 777. Scott Sandlin is a hell of a coach. He's won 440 games uh, with a winning percentage 
of uh, a little bit over uh, 600. They've been to six final fours, frozen fours, and uh, they've won three national championships, uh, all three within the last, uh, oh, 11, 12 years or so. Uh, traditionally, uh, a great rivalry, too, and a, a team you saw last year uh, in uh, the national tournament. And I, I thought it was as good a game as we saw in the national tournament last year up in Loveland when you knocked them off. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a really hard fought game. Um, would say it was, you know, real tight checking. We had played them the week before at the frozen face off and ended up on the wrong end of that of a two nothing score. And um, yeah, I mean, arguably in the last, you know, 10, 12 years, two of the most consistent programs out there. Um, Scott, obviously a lot of respect for, for him and what they do and how they do it. Um, you know, and, um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great matchup, but, you know, between us and them since the turn of the century, there might be, you know, one or other, one or two other teams that you would put in the same conversation Not many. Um, with the two of us. And so, um, again, a it's going to be a great weekend of hockey. They're a team that uh, over the last number of years has made a living on peaking at this time of year. And, um, you know, we fully expect a really tough uh, weekend of hockey against them uh, coming up on Friday night. You mentioned this earlier, but uh, uh, it's a tribute to the strength of your league. Their overall record is 12, 15, and 1, and they're 25th in the period. Uh, which you wouldn't normally assume a 12, 15, and one team uh, would be. Uh, why have they struggled a little bit? I know they got the terrific freshman uh, in Ben Steves, uh, the forward of 17 goals, but they don't have anybody else with as many as 10 goals uh, this year. They've only scored 69 goals uh, in their games, and uh, even their goaltending has been uh, a little bit up and down. Uh, four, five, and one. In their last 10 games, they just haven't been able to get anything going, but uh, mm -hmm. just the sight of seeing Denver might inspire them. Yeah, we know that we'll get their best. Um, you know, they know, we know that we ended their season a year ago, and that's always, uh, when you talk about kids this age, I think that's motivation uh, for them. And so we know that we're going to get their best. If they come in here and beat us both games, it, again, it, it expands their path into the NCAA oh, tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, so they, they have a ton on the line and, and so do we with, uh, with the NCHC with a one seed, uh, in the national picture. But I think it's to, to your point, it's, you know, I think they have solid parts for sure, but it, it, for whatever reason, it hasn't all come together and clicked uh, consistently yet for them this year. And, and again, our challenge is to make sure that that isn't this weekend and um, that we try and stave that off for them for another weekend um, after they leave Denver. So they, they've got real good players. They've got a great coaching staff. Um, it's going to be a heck of a challenge for us this weekend. And uh, we can point out you've already played them this year in Duluth and kind of an unusual weekend, two overtime games. Uh, you won three, two and four, three on uh, goals by Bros and Thompson in the overtime periods. That's uh, yep. fairly rare that you would 
not only sweep a series at Duluth, but win both games in overtime. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, you know, we had to come from behind in both games. Right. Uh, there was back and forth play on the scoreboard in the third period, uh, both nights. And uh, it was entertaining hockey. And, um, you know, I think, again, we got their best up there and we will we will get their best again uh, here this weekend. I would expect both teams. I know we've improved since then. Um, I think they have as well. And, um, you know, we're like I said, again, looking forward to the challenge of, of uh, trying to, you know, get ourselves off on the right footing on Friday night. Before we let you run, I want to mention three players uh, who were honored this week. Uh, Magnus Cronus, a semifinalist for the 2023 Mike Richter Award. Uh, I believe there are only nine of those, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, uh, you had the uh, Mike Richter Award winner back in 17, right? With Tanner Gillette. Yep. Yep. And so uh, Krona, definitely a contender uh, for that honor. Uh, you had the forward of the week in the NCHC with two goals and two assists for four points in uh, Massimo Rizzo. And Sean Behrens was the defensive uh, player of the week in the conference. One goal, three assists, four points. Again, your best players were your best players this past weekend. Yeah, they were, uh, the guys you mentioned were, were excellent. And I think there was, you know, as stated, there was a few other guys that, that you know, oh, were yeah. up for those awards as well that we've talked about, um, you know, today and, and over the last few weeks. So uh, great honor for Magnus, uh, certainly deserving. Um, he's had a, an excellent season, and I think uh, he is getting more and more excited for what is to come as well. We, we see he plays his best when uh, his best is required with big games and big moments and um, so it's nice to see him get acknowledged and recognized. Sometimes goalies on really good teams don't get that recognition. And um, so we're real happy for him that, that he has gotten that, you know, we're, we're not where we are um, this season without him and, and, and really the decor to, you know, to be able to lock things down while this forward group has developed into what we're now seeing um, to be a, you know, a pretty productive offensive group. All right, that's it for this week. The Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clef alongside. Coach, thank you very much, as always. We look forward to this weekend, 7 p.m. tomorrow night with Duluth, 104.3 The Fan HD3. Saturday night, 6 p.m., 104.3 The Fan HD3. We hope to see you out at the arena, but in any case, we'll be talking to you again next week. Thanks for listening.